Hi everyone. So I wanted to go over a brand audit that I put together and this is a template that I have which I can use for clients, I can use it for freelancing, I can use it for any kind of brand, startup, business, you name it. And I figured this would be helpful to share with anyone who maybe wants to audit their own brand or maybe they are starting a marketing agency and they want to be able to do brand audits because what you can do is with a brand audit you can charge anywhere from 2000 to 10000 and some agencies charge hundreds of thousands of dollars for a brand audit and i've done quite a few different audits for brands like Nike, Walmart, NBC, I've done a bunch of different audits to uncover revenue opportunities. The whole point of a brand audit is to come up with some revenue opportunities that you can go after in terms of your marketing. Because when you're putting your marketing efforts together, you want something that will generate some returns and an audit helps you uncover some of those opportunities. So I think this template will be helpful for plenty of businesses. Anyone that's getting going, they maybe want to do some research on competitors, right? This can be used for competitor analysis. It doesn't have to be your brand, it could be anyone's brand. And I basically compiled about 40 slides. You might not need all the data. I'm giving you a bunch here and I'm sure the minute I release this video, all the links will be different, but I'll include all the links that are as of this audit. I'll, I'll have it all in the description. They might not work, but you can find similar tools out there to help you pull the data. So this is all free as well. These are all links to different data analysis tools that you don't have to log into. You can essentially pull all of this data without using your email address. So that's really handy as well because then you can train this to any of your staff. It's very easy to use. I've set all this up in Google Slides. You can use PowerPoint, but in terms of collaboration, I really like Google Slides. I've done everything from the circles to the red background. All of that's in Google Slides and feel free to use whatever you want. Um, I'm just giving this all away because I figure it could be helpful. You could typically charge at minimum $1,000 to do this. So if you are a freelancer, this audit in itself could help you generate that kind of money. Why am I giving this away? Well, because I want people to be able to grow. I want businesses to be able to grow and I figure why not, why not just give all of this away in terms of the layouts and all of that. And people use it, great. And if not, that's okay too. You can certainly customize it to your own ability, but I figured the links would be really helpful. So those, those will definitely be in the description. And I think that's it. So let's just go through it really quick. And I can, basically I'll just talk through each slide and talk about what each one means, why it's important, and hopefully that'll help you out. Again, there's about 40 slides, but you don't have to use all 40. You can go down to like 20 and you can make it even more concise. Some people really want data, depending on the marketer you talk to, they might want a lot of data. I personally like a lot of data, so I think it's helpful.
Certainly you could take all these links, put it into a dashboard and create your own little thing, right? So this is like a presentation format. So if you were maybe doing a sales presentation, you could pull this data and you could be a rock star in the meeting room. That's really the whole intent of this template. Uh, but it's good because you can download it as a PDF, send it over by email to maybe your clients or maybe your own team and you could come up with some ideas from there. So let's go through it. Some of this you might have seen before. If not, great. And just hopefully this all helps. So this is the layout here. Uh, I, I believe that having a logo of the brand is really important on the first slide. So I just have the Google Images link in the bottom here. You can easily go to that, pull the Nike brand, just make sure it's the most current one. So go to their website and check on that logo. Make sure that that is the current one. It, the worst thing you can possibly do in a presentation is present with an old brand. You want a current brand. That's going to be really helpful in terms of that initial rapport. Um, and I mean, even their website might be out of date. So check, check around, especially if this brand maybe needs digital marketing, maybe they're behind on their website updates. Well, take a look around, make sure you've got the most current brand. Okay. So that's the first slide. I've got the name there at the bottom. You can change it to a company name or what have you. And as I'm going through all this, you'll notice that I really love the Helvetica font. Certainly you could use any kind of typeface that you want, but I'm a very nostalgic kind of person. I like Helvetica. It's a very easy to read type of font. So yeah. Um, and I've got the red theme because that's my favorite color. So here's the details. This is kind of like a summary of the five C's. This is what I go through for all the data. The report analyzes uh, the data on consumers, content, community, competitors, conversions. These are important pieces of a marketing campaign. And I go through the data to gather this information. So let's start with consumers. I like to break each thing up. So I like this dark background because it helps segment section by section. So you know, hey, this is section for here. It's just easier to go through rather than having white slides all the way through. It's nice to have that separation. So under consumers, we've got brand perceptions. And I love this link today.yougov.com because you can pull a bunch of different information and I've got more slides. Now some brands don't show up. So this is the caveat with all these links is that not every brand will show up, especially if your brand is not very popular. So I've got some slides which will work regardless of how popular you are. Then you can pull the data. Honestly, you could take this down to three slides and it's still quite valuable information. But this link is amazing, especially if you want to capture some really major brands. It's fantastic. And this just talks about their position, the Nike's position in the marketplace. And it's interesting in terms of the opinion ratings that 
that you can gather from this. And brands love that. They love understanding sentiment. And I talk a lot about that throughout the brand audit here. And then continuing with the YouGov link, we've got demographics. So you can really drill down into basically what kind of demographic you want to go after, like women, millennials, Gen X. Like it's really interesting to see what's most popular with the brand and also again, more opinion breakdowns, which I think is really valuable to see what people are thinking. Interesting that a lot of women think highly positively about Nike, and that's maybe an area to capitalize on, to create campaigns for women and positive campaigns. And I think that's really interesting. Now, can these rankings be improved, especially with baby boomers I'm seeing here, like popularity among baby boomers? Mm, you know, we're sitting at 58% positive opinion. I could see an opportunity to maybe improve around baby boomers who want to be healthy. So there is like, I mean, we've only gotten to five slides here. We're already talking about revenue opportunities with baby boomers. Like this is incredible data which anyone could just take and say, okay, hey, our next campaign, let's do baby boomer focus because they're doing quite well in all the other areas. So interesting data. Then we've got consumer interests again with yougov.com. That's like, this is one of my, I, I believe, you know, going into a presentation or into an audit with the most valuable information up front. So this is what I, this is what I like. Uh, People who like Nike, they like hiking. So this is really interesting that we've got hiking at the top here because I don't see Nike really capitalizing on hiking. To be straight forward with all of this, I just don't see them dominating the hiking area. I think of other brands like uh, there's Merrill, there's, there's a bunch of others that seem to be dominating with hiking shoes and whatnot. Nike doesn't come to mind for hiking. Running for sure. So maybe they could do something with hiking because they might like Nike, but maybe they're looking for hiking gear and maybe Nike could provide that. So it's interesting. Popularity. So now we're gonna move to Google Trends. Google Trends is great, especially if you're starting out and maybe you want to figure out what kind of business idea to work with. Google Trends is great to find out which keywords are trending. A fantastic little tool to go for. So what you want to do here is look at, now for this, I've looked at the past 12 months, but you could look at much longer. I think you can look past maybe 15 years. So that's what I would, maybe consider is going going that that further distance to see what see what you want to kind of go for now it's interesting that we have a very stable sort of graph here and basically that means that it's a stable brand like there's no fluctuations i find that if there's a lot of fluctuations on the graph it's a little bit concerning to me like 
Is it a fad? Is it a seasonal thing? That's what you got to look at in terms of the graph. So I like stability. I, I like a consistent stability. And maybe something happened around sort of September, November, December. I, mean, I could see that as you're moving towards maybe the beginning of the new year. Maybe people are looking up. They're looking up Nike. They're looking up athletic apparel. They're just trying to figure out how to get fit. So it's really interesting to see how the brand's reacting. Now, I only did it for 12 months here, but in the trends analysis, you can pull up a bunch of different keywords. You can go even more in depth, right? And Google's got fantastic tools for all of this, but it's really helpful to be able to say, hey, past 12 months, how's, how's it trending? Well, what happened here? Like, what was going on to have this spark in popularity? How can we replicate this in other areas? How can we replicate this for maybe summertime when I would think running would be a very popular thing? Just thoughts that have just come to mind off the top of my head. There's just lots that you can do with this. Consumer search. So again, on your Google Trends, I love this data. You've got search topics, queries related to the brands, and now you can get specific in terms of maybe a product or service that the brand is offering. So you have Nike Air as the top query. And then you've got you know, Nike footwear. It's, it's dominating. So shoes, footwear, that should be maybe a common thing that keep pushing. Ah, but then I've got factory store here. Factory store seems popular. What can you do with that? What kind of promotions can you do for the factory store? Okay, so that was consumers. And some of these five C's, they sort of overlap. And you'll see it as we go through. But it's just helpful to have it separated out so that you can kind of get an understanding from piece by piece. So content. I'm going to get into video here. Again, I should make this clear. To pull all this data, I literally just do a screen capture, which you can easily do on your computer. Do a screenshot, crop it, throw it on the slide. It's super simple to put this together. So you go to the link, get the data, find the data you want, and then you just you screen capture it. You just drag and drag over the um, data that you want and then copy paste it into the slide. So. I like looking at video content because I believe video marketing is here to stay. I don't see it changing as we get more into self-driving cars and whatnot. More people will actually be looking at their screens eventually. And we're already seeing massive 15 inch screens in cars. So it would make sense to be able to watch movies eventually while you're driving. So that's not going to be far away. And right now you're not allowed to look at a screen, but once self-driving happens, I could see things changing a bit. And here we go, we've got video. And I believe I pulled this from, this would have been from Facebook. Now you can pull it from YouTube. You can pull, just depending on where they put their videos, YouTube would be a more common one. But it's good because you can look up by most popular videos, see what's happening. And, and then talk about it. Now, 
Nike's all about endorsements. So they have a lot of athletes here. Um, they go for the best athletes in the world and they endorse them. And it's great for the brand. That's why they've got Federer here. They've got Michael Jordan. They've got Tiger Woods. These are, these are the kinds of athletes that they want representing their brand. And it really helps promote the Nike brand because people flock to whatever the athlete is wearing. The super, the superstar basically is what they go after. And it's been helpful for views. I mean, you've got millions and millions here, even from Tiger Woods. It's like everyone loves a comeback story. So it's even better if you stick with somebody like Tiger Woods and they make a comeback. It's very popular. And what does that say? Well, that says, hey, maybe Nike should do more in terms of underdogs or comeback stories, right? Maybe they should be doing more, more segments in terms of that. I mean, why not? It just seems like something that goes viral. Because I always think about what you want to do in terms of a series. So we talk about series content and scheduling. Well, maybe you can start pulling all of the comeback stories, all the underdogs, and start doing a documentary series on these, these people. And there you go. Now you've got fantastic content for the Nike brand. Just a thought. Content quality. So this is from SiteLiner.com. And again, it could be like a year from now that all this data is out of date or you can't pull it, but you could always search on Google for content quality tools and you might be able to find it. So, uh, but the links are good starting points to, to pull that data. So this is good in terms of being able to find out how much duplicate content there is, common content, unique content. So you can see how Nike is promoting their content and do they need fresh content? And there seems to be a pretty good balance in terms of duplicate, common, and unique. I believe the duplicate is fine, but it would be concerning if all of your content was duplicate because then that means you're not doing anything unique and you'll never really stand out. And you, you want to have a good balance. So that's what they've got here. So that's excellent. If you see anything that maybe is out of balance, maybe there's way too much of one or the other, then that's where you need to try to balance things out. Now, I wanna add though, that maybe your entire thing is content curation. So all you do is create duplicate content for your site. Well, in that case, then maybe you might be 100% on one of these things, and that's okay. Content questions. So this is from Answer the Public, which is a fun site, because you just type in some words, uh, you type in the brand and you've got yourself fantastic little snippets that you can use for future content ideas. And it's great because these are like the most popular, most popular snippets that you can just pull and play around with. So I love it. It's great because I mean, you just, you can't beat this. It's just brilliant content. 
I mean, I have nothing left to say here. If you have trouble finding out ideas, go here and pull this data. It's going to be really helpful to you. Okay, let's talk about community. I love reviews. I'm all about reviews. It really tells you about the brand, how people feel, both maybe internally in your corporation or even your consumers and what they think of you. But it's great. You can see both employees, what they think, and then what consumers think. So this is just an example from Glassdoor. And then we've got Trustpilot. But I just went to Google, did the brand, and then the search to find this. And there you go. It's interesting, though, that, uh, well, 3.9 out of 10. It's a little bit concerning in terms of customer service reviews. That could be an opportunity for Nike to maybe go there and address that rating. Like they need more reviews there. Maybe they need a, like a couple thousand more of positive people, or they need to read what's going on and address those reviews. This is all about community because guess what? A lot of people are typing in Nike reviews. They want to know about what people think about products or what people think about the brand. In terms of the glass door rating of 3.9 out of 5, I'm actually impressed with that because major brands definitely struggle with this. So that's pretty high, actually. I don't have any concerns with that. Now, you can go further. You could even go to Amazon and pull up Amazon reviews. I mean, you could do so much. Reviews are very important to understanding how the community feels about your brand. Engagement on Facebook. So, this is from Likealizer. And above 1% engagement is good. So this is when you're posting. It's like, how are people interacting with you? Are you just posting and it's just a ghost town? And if it is a ghost town, well, how can you, how can you adjust things? How can you engage people? And how can you reach out to the right audience? So that's really important. If you are basically sending out content and you're living in a ghost town, you just keep living in a ghost town and it hasn't changed for the longest time, time to maybe look at what you're doing for your content and also time to look at what your community wants because you don't want to be creating content for no one. And then we've got Instagram here and their engagement rate. I mean, Instagram constantly growing, at least as of 2020. Um, and engagement is one that's really interesting, especially this time, because some people have said that engagement has taken a hit on Instagram. So it's really important to see what's going on here. And if you look at the engagement for Nike, it's kind of low so something to look at there is what's going on how can you get people talking and how can you get people commenting so this is again something that's really important and i'm seeing more video on instagram and i'm seeing stories and i'm seeing personalization of the brand and that's how you sort of get in touch with people on instagram it's becoming more human and being more real because people are wanting that. You know, it used to be that Instagram was all about filters, but I think it's more about reality now, if anything. 
This is a great little calculator to find out. Top influencers. What are you doing to maintain relationships with your top influencers? Why? Well, instead of creating content and just hoping people flock to you, it's great if you can reach out to people who care about your brand or who could potentially care about your brand and get them to talk about you more and pay them because that is worth it. Because if they've got followers, maybe they've got millions of followers, it could be worthwhile for that brand mention. Now, maybe if you're a smaller brand, you can't afford this, then definitely go for smaller micro-influencers because micro-influencers would be cheaper and you can get them representing your brand at a much lower cost. Okay, word clouds. Corporations love word clouds. It gives you an idea of top keywords. You could create a campaign around these. Shoes, no surprise, is showing up for Nike. So I love word clouds. Definitely check these out. Sentiment, another big one. What are people thinking about the brand? Are, now, if you've got a lot of people being bored and depressed, that might be a little bit concerning. You might wanna check out what's going on there. So it's good. I mean, for the most part, I see it among the Twitter community for Nike, it seems like fairly positive. And uh, yeah, I don't see too many issues with that. But uh, sentiment's a good one. And for sentiment, basically they analyze words and they can attach, it's like through AI, they can attach some sort of meaning to it. It's really fascinating stuff. It's all this kind of emotion stuff. It's really exciting to capture. So, okay, share count. You know, what, what do you want? What do you, how many likes, how many shares do you want across different platforms? So this is a really interesting total amount. And it's like, well, you, you can now compare yourself to competitors and see how they, how they are doing on social. So it's good. Let's go on to competitors, just a little bit of this. You can now map yourself against other brands and within the industry, seeing how you're doing in terms of your website. So with Nike here, we've got average visit durations kind of low here of the top five. Although Nike is in the top five, which is amazing. It's interesting that the visit duration isn't that high. Now it could be a good thing. It could be that people are getting what they want and then they're done. And that could be that. But usually with something like e-commerce, you want people spending a little bit more time so that they're continually buying things. So this is this one might need a little bit more drilling into. Does Nike want more time on the site or do they want quick transactions? You have to pair this with the e-commerce data, find out what they're doing in terms of e-commerce. And pages per visit, I mean, it's pretty low. So I'm hoping that people are getting what they want. That's the ideal scenario is that Nike is delivering what people want. Bounce rate's reasonable at 38%. It's not too bad. I'm more concerned if it was like 65%. 
then that would be a significant revenue loss. But how can you improve the bounce rate? Well, we'll go into that a little bit later in terms of site speed and all of that. But bounce rate, there are ways to reduce that. There's always a way to reduce bounce rate. Competitor search. Again, based on organic and paid, we can look at who's competing. And we've got some really unique ones, eastbay.com, finishline.com, footlocker. I mean, footlocker, interesting that they're competing. Maybe they've got an amazing e-commerce presence because I don't think of them much in terms of retail locations, but uh, could be a big, big one. Um, so I guess with the, the referee uniforms at work, maybe that's popular. And you got Under Armour and Adidas there. Just some interesting things to keep in mind. So what are they doing? What are these brands actually doing? Because maybe you didn't know that these were competitors in terms of search. Now you can go into it a little bit more. Keyword competition. Again, it's kind of breaking down what... Uh, what each brand is paying for, what they're competing for in terms of words and overlap. There seems to be some overlap here. Nike's pretty dominant, but yeah, this is like the top, top two for each one. So as competitors, it's good, good detail. Conversions. Now there's a lot here. Um, we've got organic search keywords, we've got SEO clicks, click value. It's really interesting data to really just look at. Inbound clicks from Google, paid keywords. So if they're into paid advertising, you can get into this. How long they've been into AdWords and are they even using AdWords? A lot of this data might not even be there if you're not into this. But uh, it's good, good data to look at. To see that there's so much inbound from Google search, it's really fascinating just to see that. And uh, it just shows like, if you want to build a brand, organic's the way to go. I mean, I could look at Tesla as another example where they don't really do any paid. It's all organic. That's really the way to go. Let's look at email reputation, the quality of the domain reputation. This affects how you're doing your email marketing campaigns and how your emails get delivered. It's really critical stuff here. Email volume, it's a percentage of the world's total email sends. So five equals 0.001% of world volume. I don't know if this is really that relevant, but hey, if you see some spikes or whatnot, that might be interesting. It's always nice when emails are being sent around and your, your brand is mentioned into it. So this is super intelligent information that is getting pulled here. Page speed. So this is going to help with revenues, especially if you're e-commerce. Speed equals revenue. I mean, most websites are losing half their visitors during page load, which is just crazy to think of. So Nike's okay at 81 out of 100 in terms of page speed. You definitely want to look at your mobile speed. So 
check out the developer tool, do the analysis, and figure out what what you're ranking at. I think it's really important to lock this down. And how can you improve? Well, let's look at the speed checklist. These are all the different things you can do just off the top of my head in terms of what you can improve. The, the easiest one without doing any technical stuff is to optimize the images. So you can compress the images through easy little tools online, like TinyPNG is one of them. So you can compress those images. And I'm sure there are things that you can do on the server backend to even go a little further. But that could be most of the problems for people would be the images are too large. So see about compressing that. Site stats. Analysis of the SEO and social media connectedness to your website. I love this detail because you can just look at some of the perhaps the flaws of your website and its connection to everything. And you can address these fairly quickly, especially Twitter. Oh, Nike doesn't have Twitter mentioned. Well, maybe they need to have a Twitter account on their website and that's going to help maybe in terms of their domain authority and whatnot. Just having that connectedness is important. For the most part, it's okay. Um, uh, popularity is a little bit concerning. It means the website could be a little bit more out there, I would say. This is like world rankings. Amount of content. Well, maybe they can work on creating more long-form content on their website. I have to look at the blog to really see what's going on there, but a few opportunities, absolutely. I love this one though. I always go to it, nibbler.silktide.com. Yeah. Keyword research. So suggestions for keywords related to the brand. You can get into search volume competition. You can figure out, hey, what, what should we go for? And it looks like, oh, there's a few all black Nikes. It's like, well, something's going on there. Might be an opportunity to capitalize on these all-black Nikes that people are searching for. Positioning. This is under the Market Finder with Google's tools, and I absolutely love it. So based on brand positioning, Google can give you these several top market suggestions, and um, you can kind of figure out if you fit into them or not. And, if you don't, well, you might need to pivot and adjust and create content related to what you think you're in, in terms of the industry. But positioning is really important because if these categories are completely off, then you've got some work to do in terms of properly communicating what you do. Opportunity size. So now we can look at opportunities in other countries that maybe we're not capitalizing on. Oh, France. Maybe we need to do some more there. Could be an opportunity. Backlink overview. So now we're looking at in terms of SEO links that help direct to your website. I think this is fantastic because you can figure out if people are talking about you and people are linking to you. And that's really great for organic SEO. 
and you can do a lot with this. So I think it's really important to build those backlinks, especially if you want to show up in search results. Traffic sources, search and direct are the top two. Not too surprising. Some opportunities for referrals and social, but uh, yeah, search would make sense. Analytics, again, you can look at some of the global rankings here how many visits last month, and the bounce rate, and global rank, country rank, category rank. I mean, there's just so much here that you can drill into. Partners. Maybe some sites that you can sort of work with. And, um, I mean, Hurley and Converse are part of the Nike umbrella, but... You've got things like PayPal, so that's for e-commerce. Hopefully your PayPal links are working out well. I would think if you've got PayPal as a major collaborator, you want to make sure that they're running perfectly fine. You've got Facebook there too. So, and then that's, that's it. And we can get into a discussion. Um, and I love the discussion points because that leaves it open, like, do you see any opportunities? Do you see opportunities of what we could do for the data, the content, the next campaign? What are the surprises? And you can go through it and you can go back and forth and really analyze all this data. And then most importantly, what's the next action? By next week, what's going to happen? What are you going to do to improve the brand, to capitalize on revenues? Discussion is really important. And that's it. And we've got the final slide there. And yeah, um, that's it for the brand audit. And I think it's so important for uncovering revenue opportunities that you didn't know existed before. And maybe you knew about them, but you just didn't think they were the things to go for. Well, now you know. Now you know, hey, I can go for that. And I hope you do. Okay. That's it for the brand audit. Hopefully this helps. I'll have the links in the description. Share away.